Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. So today we have our friend Melinda with us, and she is probably, I mean, you got, you're like neck and neck with us with fangirling, but I think when it comes to the MCU, you just surpass us by leaps and bounds. So welcome to the show. Yes, finally. Oh, yes, thank you for having me. This We're so been, excited. Yeah, this has been <laughs> such a long time coming. I just constantly keep bringing up our friend Melinda in certain uh, yeah. episodes, and now we can finally... <laughs> bring her on the show as our resident MCU special correspondent. <laughs> this is so exciting, guys. Yes. I mean, when we talk about taking deep dives into fandoms, I don't think we even scratch the surface of what you do, Melinda, <laughs> as far <laughs> as like the deep dive and like knowing know. <laughs> all the inner workings of the MCU. I, I'm a newer fan. I mean, I've watched the movies, but I used to watch them as standalones, but then just recently last year, I watched them in order. And so now I'm just like, give me all the stuff you have because I need to know how this works. Okay. So a funny little story. We, so for our listeners, okay, you guys know that Julie and I met at an Outlander fan event, but that same day, Melinda was there and you guys have heard this in our story. I think that's what episode one is when we talk about this. Yes. And you were meeting Melinda at this Outlander event. And then I got to meet Melinda. We'll have to post a picture in our next blog or, you know, on our stories yes. or whatever. So you can see because <laughs> Melinda's there in the picture. So we are all true fangirls. And I, but I, actually, Julie, I don't know how you met Melinda. How did you meet her? Melinda and I actually go way back in our Disney days. I hired in 09 and I want to say Melinda was there before me, correct? Yeah, I hired, yeah, I hired in in 08. And oh, okay. we had mutual friends as cast members. It wasn't until we both became leads that we were like, okay, we're cool. <laughs> want to go on a round? Yeah. yeah. And then Melinda left and bettered her life with higher education at the <laughs> University of Glasgow. We just kept in touch, you know, before she left too, we would always talk Marvel. And I vividly remember going to see Guardians of the Galaxy with you at the yeah. Garden Walk. Mm -hmm. And I think that just started our like our MCU bond <laughs> from the get go. It's just never stopped. It's been great, yeah. right? Yeah, like I we've been friends for so long. Like I honestly can't remember when we actually did first meet. <laughs> so Anywho. what did you do at Disney? I was a photographer. Oh, over cool. There, so you guys over. were all yeah. in PhotoPass. Cool. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Team PhotoPass all the way. Team PhotoPass. Yeah. So today is really exciting. We are talking about the Disney Plus series, Hawkeye, starring Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye and Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. The series takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame in New York City at Christmas time. Based on the comic book series of the same name, Hawkeye centers around the story of young Avenger Kate Bishop before she steps into taking over Clint Barton's role as Hawkeye. Barton and Bishop are forced to work together when they are faced with a murder mystery and enemies from Clint's past. Before we get into spilling the tea, which is spoilers, was this show just generally everything you guys were kind of hoping from this part of the story? I was shocked at how much I enjoyed this show. I was kind of going into it with a little bit of caution, but it is a gem of a Disney Plus show. I freaking loved it. How about you, Julie? So I had so much excitement for this show. And 
I'll be brutally honest. I didn't really get into it until episode four and five. I thought it ran a little slow. Kate's character didn't grow on me the way I wanted it to. I thought she was a little needy and just wanted to be a superhero too hard. It wasn't like Spider-Man where Tom Holland's Peter Parker was just like, okay, we're going to go be an Avenger and this is great. And she was like, how do I become Avenger? How about it now? Am I Avenger now? How about now? Can I be an Avenger? Let's do this. And it was just really kind of annoying, but it's not the casting. I love Haley Steinfeld. I thought she nailed the role and this is the writing that they wanted her to partake in. But it was episode four and five where I really got into it and thoroughly started enjoying this series from then on. It's so funny that you say that, Julie, about how she kind of like bugged you because I was like, oh, they're really writing like what it's like to have a teenager. So you want to talk about needy. Okay. So kids (laughs) having three children that are needy, like what that, I mean, I know she's kind of like in her early twenties, but that Mm -hmm. vibe of when can we do this? When can we do that? I, that is spot on. That is how they are. And then watching how like Clint is like kind of annoyed with Kate a lot of the time, but you can't help but love her. I relate to this very deeply in my soul. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the casting. So a lot of these are returning cast, but as far as newly casted members, Melinda, did you feel like it was done well? I think it was spot on. I absolutely love the actor that they've chosen for Echo and everyone did a really great job and I can't wait to see what the MCU is going to do with them for it. The casting itself, I thought was done very well. Okay guys. So here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. We're talking spoilers. We are spoiling Hawkeye. We are talking about everything that happened in that show. So if you haven't seen it, just go take yourself to in front of a TV and tune in Disney Plus and watch the show. Okay, guys, let's get into it. So in terms of a time frame, Melinda, what are we looking at as far as when Hawkeye's story took place? The MCU has kind of been unsure of when the timeline progresses after the blip. There isn't really a very concise, confirmed date. And I had noticed in episode three, I believe, yes, episode three, when Kate and Clint are sitting in front of a storefront, there is a Chinese New Year poster that is in a window, but it's semi-blocked from props. You can't really see the date, but the outline of the animal on the poster looked like a snake. And I was like, all right, when is, when is the next Chinese New Year of the snake? And I looked it up and it's in 2025. And since this occurs in Christmas, I'm safe to say or presume that this series occurs in Christmas of 2024. That is based on that poster. That is some deep diving right there. Yeah, that is some (laughs) serious like Sherlock Holmes shit (laughs) right right there. It's like me with Harry Potter watching stuff frame by frame to to find something. (laughs) You nailed it, dude. That's amazing. Good find. Thank you. Let's start with Jack. Jack. Okay. So Jack in the comics, um, the origin story for Clint is that when he is a child, he runs off to the circus and he meets up with this character called Jack, whose AKA is the Swordmaster. And while working with the circus, he runs into one of the tents and sees Jock has been stealing from the circus and he confronts him. Jack offers Clint a professional job with organized crime. Clint passes it. And ever since then, 
So when we see Jacques in the show and he is a master with swords in Hawkeye, like it was a brilliant connection to the comics. I thought so too. When I read that, I was just like, oh, okay. So this is where the storylines meet up. Okay. I wish they would show Jack's backstory, but I love the nod to the comics with his character. Yes. All right. On to Maya. Oh, Maya. It's not a say about Maya. There's so much. So Maya calls herself Echo. She is kind of like the character Taskmaster from Black Widow, where she can easily imitate and learn other people's skills. In the comics, her, as well as in the Hawkeye show, her father has been ordered to be killed by William Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin. But she is taken under Kingpin's wing, essentially. He becomes her guardian. And she grows up believing that Daredevil is the one who killed her father. So as she is working with Fisk, she's hunting down Daredevil for revenge. Finally meets up with him. In this course of hunting down Daredevil, she also meets up with a guy named Matt Murdock and starts a relationship with Matt. It isn't until later on where she is in a fight with Daredevil and almost kills him that she realizes Matt and Daredevil are the same person and finds out who really killed her father. So she goes back to Fisk, as in the show, and Mm -hmm. shoots him. Now, in the show... You can hear and see the gunshot off camera, leaving a big what if. And I'm just like, "Mm, no, he's too big of a villain to be killed off in this series. But in the comics, he is blinded and he is sent to jail. Maya, meanwhile, leaves the country to figure out herself and what she wants to do. Is gone for a few months, visits countries around the world. And when she comes back, she comes back to New York City, but she also visits her father's reservation and speaks with the chief there. She ends up leaving a second time and meets up with Wolverine and learns of an assassination group called The Hand. And they're located in Japan. And they are an assassin group that basically brainwashes their assassins to do their bidding. And spoiler alert, this is where she meets up with Electra and finds out that the Electra she meets is actually a scroll. And that is how we get into Secret Invasion. Wow. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Echo just got greenlit for a spinoff series, correct? Yes, she does have a spinoff series. So it might be her on her self journey, or she might visit her father's reservation in that story might also learn about the hand if they bring in the hand and how they're going to introduce secret invasion to Disney plus. Wow. Okay. So MCU newbie over here. So the daredevil (laughs) that had Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner in it, was she Maya or was she, who was she in that movie? She was Electra. Electra. Electra is Electra. Like there's no other AK name. Okay. So that is that consistent with the comic book that they all love? Yes. Okay. So Maya is a separate character, different character, different storyline. She she has a short relationship with with Matt Murdock in the comics. And Matt as Daredevil also has a relationship with Electra sometime down down the road as well. Okay. So the the guy that Maya is like friends with, who's like kind of is that like her brother, the tracksuit guy who also works for Kingpin? Who is that guy? He was supposed to be he was second in line to basically the throne for Kingpin. So I was on the impression that he is either a cousin, a good friend or brother type relationship. relationship. So are we going out on a limb here and saying this was a show added storyline? Yes. In terms of like he character. doesn't appear in the comics. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a separate storyline from the comics. Okay. Good to know. 
Okay, so let's get into Kingpin. Yes. Uh, so Kingpin is the crime boss of all crime bosses. Super strong, super intelligent. He can coerce his enemies into working for him. We first, actually, this is why we're all freaking out. We first met Vincent Tiana Frio's Kingpin in Netflix's Daredevil. That show is much more violent, much more graphic than the Disney Plus show. So what happens in that show is um, Kingpin takes over Hell's Kitchen through means of crime and trafficking. And Daredevil becomes kind of like the thorn in his side. We were all hoping at some point that Kingpin would show up. And when he was revealed with the video that Yelena sent, we all freaked out. Because ever since 2018, there were rumors that Marvel, the MCU, would bring in the cast from the Netflix show. Mm-hmm. But nothing had been confirmed, not until maybe December, where Kevin Feige was had stated that he would use Charlie Cox for Daredevil. I'm like, okay, well, why saying that now? But to have this massive villain who has a huge presence in the Marvel comics to finally be in the MCU, that was an amazing moment to see in the show. I agree. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to more Netflix Marvel crossovers, hopefully in the Disney Plus series pretty soon. Like, fingers crossed. That'd be... Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? It's- yeah, especially when you, spoiler, especially when you saw Matt in the living room with Peter and Aunt May in No Way Home and he catches the brick and Peter's all, who are you? <laughs> and Matt Murdock says, oh, I'm a really good lawyer. I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> yep. You can be my attorney any day. Please be my attorney. Oh my God. That was a huge fan moment. When I saw that show, I was like, it's true. It's really true. <laughs> So Laura, we first meet her in Age of Ultron, where the Avengers are taken by Clint to Clint's safe house. And we find out that not only is Clint married, but he has kids. And Tony had made a comment, well, she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And people just kind of like, haha, I like laughed it off. But theories started speculating when this missing watch that was stolen from the Avengers Tower showed up in the Hawkeye series. Eventually, we find out that the watch, like, not only could Laura speak multiple languages, or like, okay, well, she's for sure an agent now. And she was aware of Clint's doings as Ronin. Um, she, we find out that she is the owner of the watch. And she flips the watch around and you see the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on the back of the watch. Mm -hmm. So the theory is that she is known as Mockingbird. Mockingbird is a character from the comics who is also married to Clint. We also have seen the Mockingbird title as a character in the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we're thinking that Mockingbird is a title kind of similar to Spider-Man where any agent can take up that position and be known as Mockingbird. So that's the theory there. Okay. Kind of like 007. Yes. Okay. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, she is a really understanding wife. Like she's just like, (laughs) oh, sure. A couple Mm -hmm. more days. You're gone at Christmas. It's fine. I'd be like, get your butt home. I don't (laughs) care what you're doing. I'm not wrapping all these presents by myself. She's just like, sure. It's fine. Whatever you need to do, babe. Yeah. When he calls her and tells her about his plan and she says, you, you end this and there's a pause. She goes, oh, did you want me to say no? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, no, just needed that (laughs) reapproval. Yeah. I do have to say, I do think he's a good spouse. Yes. And in return, she's like you said, Lauren, she's a very understanding, uh, significant other. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be. Cause it's like, you know, yeah. having, you know, somebody like having a military spouse pretty much, but way more dangerous and right. way more yeah. intense. And then you yeah, have to worry about stressful. the added loss of hearing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would just be like, Oh, but he can't hear things. <laughs> he can't hear <laughs> the bad guys coming to him. How is he going to do this or keep doing this? 
know? Yeah. Shouldn't you retire at this stressful. point? <laughs> so yeah. stressful. Okay, let's talk about Easter eggs. Yes. There are so many. I'm not sure if you all have noticed, uh, but several, several us on social media have taken notice. They thought we wouldn't know, but we do. There is an MCU giraffe, and it is like a four-foot stuffed animal of a giraffe, and it has appeared in background scenes starting with Endgame. So it's been in Endgame. It has been in Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's been in WandaVision. And now it's been in Hawkeye. And we don't oh know gosh. why. If you take a look in like the first episode in Kate's room, there will be a giraffe in the corner of the room. <laughs> so I'm people wondering... have named it. Oh, what'd they name it? Oh, it's the MCU giraffe. <laughs> the MCU giraffe. Okay. So I'm wondering if it's just some stage designers like favorite piece Mm -hmm. and they're just like, well, now it's a running joke. We have to keep it going and just make people think there's some conspiracy theory behind it. And, and you know, but I love it when I said, when you sent me that, that was perfect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so funny. Another one are the Pym and Stark arrows that Clint uses and Stark arrows. I was like, oh, Tony really did care. Like he wasn't just Legolas. (laughs) <laughs> uh, to him and then with the pim arrows they zoom in and you can hear ant-man's i think it's ant-man's theme song but like playing the background and i was like oh clint is still working with scott this is he's gonna bring me down into like a rabbit hole <laughs> because he could show up in quantum mania like okay right like who knows there's a second mention of the pim arrows when they're on the bridge after the car chase and Clint hands Kate a USB arrow and Kate looks at it and she's like, what, why do you even have this? So what is it going to do? It is a reference to the episode, the last scene of what if, you know, in the animated series, what if the guardians of the multiverse are brought together to basically defeat Ultron vision. And this is Ultron who has obtained all of the affinity stones and has gone across all dimensions and has devoured and destroyed every single universe in his quest to find peace, which was his mission that Tony had instilled him. And the guardians of the universe defeat Ultron Vision by inserting a virus via the USB arrow into his eye. And they download a virus, which is the electronic version of the Swiss doctor from Winter Soldier. Okay. And the Swiss doctor in his binary version of himself takes control over Vision and Ultron and that's how they defeat him. But it's through that USB arrow that Kate's like, why would you even have this? Yeah, like what's the point? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh it's what if. So good. So my gosh, yeah, that so is good. so deep beyond anything I would have ever picked up. But how yeah. would Kate know what that is? Did she know what it is? Well Kate just was like hits it's easy USB port. Why do you even have like a USB drive? And he they use it to distract the tracksuit mafia on the bridge from the missile that I think Clint was shooting towards them. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, using the PIM technology. They have no knowledge of the what if verse at all. So it's a nod to it. But it's a nod to the show. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Another Easter egg, and it's just a reference to the comics when Clint and Kate are escaping the warehouse from the tracksuit mafia. And Kate goes, Oh, let's use this one. And Clint's like, That's a challenger. Like, we're not going to ruin that car. Like, let's use this other one. The 74 Challenger is actually the car that Clint drives in the comics. So I thought that was a nice nod yeah. off. And then the sketches that Kate makes for Clint for his costumes, those are obviously references to the costumes that he wears in the comics. That was that was a lot of fun to see. Maya in the second episode, I believe, when they do the flashback, 
she asks her father about dragons and her father says, well, dragons live in another world. And if they were to come to our world, they would be more powerful. And I was like, oh, that's Shang-Chi. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, are dragons going to become like the dragons from Shang-Chi? Are they going to be coming to our world? Like what is happening? So you're referring to the deviants. Yeah. Well, no, the dry, the water dragon. Oh, the water dragon. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So I was just like, excuse me. This Shang-Chi. And then in episode five, I'm not sure if you all noticed, in the end credit scene, the artwork changed. So you see a shadow of Kingpin like hovering over the New York City skyline. I didn't notice that, kind of teasing the fact that he's going to be taking over Hell's Kitchen again. See, and that's Um, a beautiful nod to what Marvel does with their end credit scenes mm -hmm. in the movies. And I love how they're starting to leave those little Easter eggs in the end credits on the show. So people will stick around and take notice of all the time and effort that goes into A, putting the credits together and B, acknowledging the cast and crew through this beautiful form of artwork. Of course, another nod to the comics is that Clint is hard of hearing. Kate asks some whole, how did that happen? And they do a flashback of all the explosions that he's been through since Avengers (laughs) and Age of Ultron and Endgame and I don't know what else he's been in. And so that was a great nod to the hard of hearing and deaf community and the accuracy of representation in the comics, along with Maya's deafness as well. It was a, that was great representation. A lot of fans have been waiting for Clint to be deaf, hard of hearing since Avengers. So that was nice to see. I agree. I agree. (laughs) So what can we expect in season two? Any guesstimates? Oh boy. I would love to see Maya go back to her family's reservation. And that'd be so interesting. Another thing is I cannot see them not going forward with secret invasion, starting with Maya, because Maya is the one who uncovers Elektra as being a scroll. She starts working with the Avengers eventually and gets captured by the assassins. That's how it all starts. So it, it, it has to somehow maybe come from that as well for season two. And who right. knows, she might, we might get a cameo from Matt Murdock. Oh, please, please bring it. All right, serious question time. Okay. Favorite scenes, top three favorite scenes from Hawkeye. I love the slow motion fight at the Renaissance Fair at the LARPers. <laughs> that was convent- oh my God. That was the slow most sweep where he gets all five of them. He reminds himself, I, I fought Thanos. As he's like letting this LARPer kill him. And the LARPer's like, no, you got to make it real. And he's like, no, just kill me now. <laughs> that was great. Another scene I love, it's all of Yelena and Kate's interactions. Yes. And that fight scene down the hall. And they're complimenting each other at the same time. And inviting each other out for drinks. Like, we should go drinking. And Yelena's like, yeah, that would be really cool. But I got to deal with Clint first. And Kate's like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> And the whole, stop making me like you. I'm sorry. I just can't do that. It's just, I love them so much. They're my favorite Aww. BFFs. Another favorite scene I have, just the whole ice rink fight scene where he's stuck in the Christmas tree and she cuts him down and the tracksuit mafia members driving the truck get shrunk down in size. And Kate's like, well, what yes. happens now? And Kate's and Clint's like, I don't, I don't know. And the owl swoops out and takes them away. I died laughing. And Clint's like, well, that's that. <laughs> no. So those are my favorite scenes. How about you, Lauren? 
What was your favorite scene? I thought it was pretty cute when Kate came over and just made Christmas happen at Clint's house. Oh, and she like decorated and then they did like that whole thing. They have like the ugly sweaters. And I just thought that was so cute. That's like, she was like being a happiness bully. She's like, you will not be alone (laughs) on Christmas. You are going to feel festive. And I very much relate to that. I I definitely happiness bullied Julie this year. And she's like, I don't really get a tree. So like the next day, Amazon drops off like her own mini Christmas tree and like a Harry Potter Christmas bunting banner. And I'm like, I can relate to Kate in this moment where I'm like, we're doing Christmas. So good. It's great. I'd have to say my favorite scene is when they fully illustrate the blip and what the survivors went through as far as Mm. Yelena going into the restroom and then the walls changing. Yeah. That was a perspective I didn't know I needed to have in my life. And Mm -hmm. seeing that come full circle, I was just like, oh, this was done so well, so well. Yeah, that was really good. That gave you like a really good sense of literally what it was like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in the bathroom, you come out and you're like, why is the wallpaper different? That gave you chills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a great callback to WandaVision because in WandaVision, you saw what it was like for them to reappear, just going about your daily business. And all of a sudden, there's someone in your way. And to see it from the other side in the Hawkeye series, that was that was really interesting. Okay. You ready for some rapid fire questions, Melinda? Minimum effort. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> Just the first thing that comes to mind. Favorite okay. MCU villain? Loki. Favorite. That was very passionate. Sorry. <laughs> Favorite MCU hero? Loki. No, I'm kidding. No, um, it can be Loki. <laughs> He's both. I mean, come on. He's great. Oh, oh, let's see. Probably I do enjoy Captain Marvel. Danvers. I do there enjoy her movies. Mm-hmm. Dream cosplay duo cosplay duo like who i would cosplay with yeah like who would you want to be in a duo oh like if you could okay. cosplay with someone else honestly be fun to do either kate or yelena that'd be a lot oh, of fun that, ooh, that would be fun yeah. yeah okay so what are you currently reading uh currently i'm reading how to stop time and it is by matt haig and it is a story about a gentleman who has a condition where he ages slowly so he was born in the 1500s he has lived through Napoleon era and has sailed with Captain Cook. He performed with Shakespeare. He, in modern times, moves to London and um, becomes a history teacher. But he's also part of a secret society called the Albatross Society, which is made up of people that are like him. And they have one rule, and that's to never fall in love. But of course, oh, I need to up... read this, right? I need to read this. <laughs> Say no more. I'm reading it. This sounds so good. Right? It's by Matt Haig, H-A-I-G. Okay. What is the last show you binged? Oh, I'm currently watching The Witcher I'm on episode four or five. Before that, I've been watching the book of Boba Fett. Oh, I need to do that. Yeah. Okay. So what unlikely pair from the MCU would you like to see together in like a buddy cop film? Like they're forced to kind of work together. What pair? It could be from any part of the MCU. What two Mm -hmm. people would you put together? Oh man. The first thing that comes to mind is Loki and Wanda. (laughs) That's good. Hoping that happens in Multiverse of Madness, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Fingers crossed, dude. Mm -hmm. That is a good pairing. Okay, Melinda, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for being on the show. And we can't wait to have you on again as soon as what's the next movie that's coming out? Multiverse of Madness? Well, Moon Knight is coming out on March 30th. Right. Okay. And then we should be getting She-Hulk as well on Disney Plus this year. 
That's so, exciting. Okay, so, talk about. so needless to say, yes, there is much to talk about <laughs> and we will have you on to give us all the Easter eggs that we missed. Cause I wouldn't have known any of those things. And I like <laughs> knowing them, but I think right. I'm just like not as observant, which is, I think this is like your superpower. Probably you and Julie oh. have like this crazy superpower of finding Easter eggs. And I'm just like, yeah, this is a show and I'm watching it. It's so great. Um, but again, thank you so much for being on with us. We had so much fun. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. This week's spotlight of the week goes out to infinity 3d collectibles. Infinity 3d collectibles started simply with their love of movies while searching for props from many different kinds of movies. They noticed a lack of what they were looking for. So they got creative and made these products themselves and infinity 3d collectibles was born. They specialize in Marvel props with their best-selling handmade Tesseract 3d printer arc reactor from Iron Man and the orb that houses the power stone from guardians of the galaxy. They'll be expanding into other movies and franchises soon. So check out their store on Etsy or find them at www.infinity3dcollectibles.com. Fangirls podcast is now on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom made fandom inspired artwork in digital download form with prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, and Marvel. You are sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. We are offering 10% off our Etsy store with the code fangirl. The link to our store and all of the info will be in our show notes. The Fangirls podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network. And we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fanguys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all the latest episodes. We love hearing from you. So connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called the fangirls favorite things inspired by your favorite fandoms. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. We love you 3000. Oh, we love you 3000. <laughs>We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Marvel, Marvel Comics, any part of the MCU. Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.